to my first podcast of my new endeavor that is tied to my book, A USNA Mom's Journal. And I hope to be able to bring uh, some new insight, new information. About every two weeks, I should have something new. I will be looking at topics that are of interest to USNA parents and parents of USNA alumni, interviewing different people that can offer us different perspectives. And I hope that it's just a fun, uh, entertaining and learning journey for all of us. So welcome so much and thank you for tuning in. Today is my first guest is my husband, Jeff. So welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Today, I thought we could focus on discussing our journey, maybe for the benefit of new parents. Uh, Maybe there will be some things also for existing parents that Mm -hmm. they can benefit from. Uh, as we kind of go through our journey over the past seven or eight years with our two midshipmen. Jeff, take it away. Yeah, well, it's so exciting to be here. Uh, You know, this is a unique journey, a unique journey different from any other college experience our our children will have in addition to as as parents. Um, My background is non-military. Uh, my goal was to be a pilot and an astronaut, so I worked hard to get into the Air Force Academy, received my nomination, and then I failed the Dodd-Murb physical for depth perception because apparently landing a plane, depth perception is important. To backtrack a little bit, our my dad is uh, a grad, uh, USNA 59. I grew up uh, coming to the Naval Academy uh, various summers throughout my childhood, chasing after my dad. I remember walking into the chapel and visiting the crypt, John Paul Jones crypt. I remember walking all over campus because it seemed every time we visited, they had moved the soccer trophies somewhere. And so we would hunt down in the Halsey Fieldhouse or wherever else it might be, my dad's trophy, he was uh, MVP in the fall of 1958. And it was very uh, cool when we were able to bring our children to visit the Naval Academy together for the first time. I think our son was a candidate or an appointee at the time. Mm-hmm. And we went to the Warner soccer facility and looked through the plaques. The, the giant silver cup is no longer, I guess the trophies took up too much room. So they uh, created these plaques with the names of the players that were on the original cups and trophies. And lo and behold, there's my dad. And then years later, we were at a parents club conference Uh, is one of the things that we will talk about is getting involved. Mm So we're in the NSTAR dining room or meeting room. And I noticed the NSTARs were on the room and I'm thinking, Hmm, I wonder. And I went over found 1958 and sure enough, my dad's name is on there too. It's great that the children chose to follow in my in my dad's example, I guess, of not only service, but service at the Naval Academy. So I had been, I was familiar uh, with the Naval Academy. I was also baptized at the chapels. Just a lot of background there from my family. But Jeff, you had no idea what the Naval Academy was or what it was about. When our son came back from a tiger cruise with his grandfather, 
he was all gung ho, applied for summer seminar. And then when he came back from summer seminar, he's like, this is what I want to do. And he had applied to some very prestigious universities, had actually received full rides to one Ivy League and a few other ones. And and was actually also a Gates Millennium Scholar, yeah. which meant that he could go anywhere he wanted. They would pay for his tuition in full through, through his doctorate. And so he had a lot of very prestigious options on the table. But after summer seminar, he came back and said, no, I want to do the Naval Academy. And I think you were a little surprised. It's funny. And I think it puts it to perspective. You know, when you meet graduates from the 50s and 60s, I don't think they can have a conversation without sharing a story about the academy to the point where the kids oh, would summer. Yeah, or plebe summer or what it was like when I was back at the academy or that was the last real plebe summer. And the kids would hear the stories and they'd be like, we've heard this story a thousand times. I'm like, it's your <laughs> grandfather <laughs> to the story. And, and I had that same mindset. And what had happened was Nico was fortunate enough to get an LOA, received his two nominations, one from our senator, one from our congressman. And then after he accepted his appointment, he was invited for a candidate visit weekend. I had never been to the academy, so I'd been a little hesitant. And I really never got my father-in-law's stories. Didn't get it, couldn't connect to them. And when we were on campus and we walked around, I, I remember clearly walking out of a meeting for the parents and we had to go to Dahlgren and I had no idea where Dahlgren was. And we stopped at midshipman. He's like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. How can I help you? And we said, well, we're trying to find Dahlgren. He's like, well, I'm going that way. Mind if I accompany you? And so we had a conversation going there. And if you go back to the summer, when we were visiting some Ivy League schools, we'd ask kids where buildings were. A, they wouldn't respond or B, they'd be like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And so also we have a, a, a midshipman accompanying us and having a conversation, asking about our son, giving little words of advice like during plebe summer, don't let anyone send him a postcard. And if he has a nickname, if he has a girlfriend, don't let that nickname be in the postcard because for four years, he'll be known as Pookie Bear or whatever it could be. Yeah, it happened to him. Yeah, as it happened to him. After walking around and seeing everything, I finally understood my father-in-law. You know, I understood his his stories. I understood his experiences. And I realized it was a special place. I also realized it was the right place based on everything he had seen and done. Yeah. So, so uh, you kind of came around and I was, I was a fan. I was uh, very happy that he was looking at that option. However, as college decision day came close and he had to turn down all his other offers. Honestly, I, I had fear in my heart and I said, wait a minute, wait, wait, you're, you're going to turn down a full ride to UPenn. You're going to turn down this and that and the other, like, think about this carefully. Are you really, really sure? I mean, you're giving up some pretty tremendous opportunities. And he said, mom, I know what I'm going to do. And he just clicked. No, 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 no. All the way down the list. And my heart just about, <laughs> I and, that day. oh my goodness. But once a decision was made, of course, you support your children. And, and we jumped right in. And not only did we jump right in, but we were very fortunate in finding mentors. Our parents club was so instrumental in, in guiding us in this journey. Because although I had grown up with the background of the Naval Academy and I had visited, being a parent and obviously being a midshipman is a whole different 
journey uh, and, and experience. My dad introduced us to the president of the USNSF Florida Parents Club, which was our home for, for six of the seven years. And we met the most wonderful people that just gave us the most incredible and valuable advice that they learned along their journey and that they learned from others as well. So as we approached I-Day, I think we felt pretty prepared. Yeah, I mean, it's as, I think as prepared as you, as you can be. But yeah. it's um, the, the mentors that took us in. I mean, I, I knew none of the jargon and I was always intimidated trying to have conversations. But unfortunately, there were people that were patient enough for me just having no clue. Because, and I think that's important to know is that unless you have known someone that's gone through the academy or you've gone through the academy or something like that, it's unlike any other experience. Yes. It's, it's a different language. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah you'll find after, during and after plebe summer that uh, you'll have to learn a whole new vocabulary of a whole bunch of acronyms. And uh, I remember our first phone call and uh, our son was speaking in deck and rack and SIQ and this, and, and, and we basically needed a translator. So it's not only um, a whole different process because the midshipmen are trained the Navy way mm-hmm. and to do things a U.S. Naval Academy way as well. But the parents also have to kind of learn where they fall in this new paradigm. Because as parents, we're always, at least we were very helpful, very hands-on. If our children asked for our help, we gave them help. If they needed an advocate, we were their advocate. If, I mean, whatever they needed, uh, we were there for them, as, as so many parents are. And all of a sudden, here we are, and we're out of the loop. Yeah, yeah, and it's... Yeah, and we'll talk more about that when we get to Fleet Summer. But so, yeah. yeah, so you're you're out of the loop. You're not part of their chain of command. Uh, you can't call the soup. You can't call the dot and ask questions or demand on behalf of your children. Well, well, let, let me add to that. Oh. You, you you can do all oh, those things. Actually, invite me if you do. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do want to be a fly on the wall when when a parent says, "Can I talk to the soup? My child's not getting enough sleep." But you can't. Yeah, you're you're just not part of that chain of command. Yeah. And so it's then becomes. Uh, up to your plebe or midshipmen to keep you informed. That was a whole new paradigm because we had a very open relationship with our children and we couldn't really help anymore. We had to just listen and we supported where we could, uh, but it does change the, the dynamic of the parent relationship. And it's very important to allow our children to grow up and to mm-hmm. take ownership uh, and responsibility for what they do before they get there. So that when they get there, they're a little bit better prepared to be accountable for what they choose or for what they do. And then by removing or start starting to remove yourself from uh, that role of a directive or a supportive parent and being more of an advisor and a listener, the sooner that you can do that, the easier the journey will be for you. Uh, in any case, uh, the mentors became so invaluable in that. Because they poured all this information into us. They prepared us for I-Day, what to expect, where to go, uh, what to do. And I cover all of this ad nauseum in great detail in my book, literally step-by-step guide. What do you do after you receive the the PTR, the appointment packet? What do you do for I-Day? What do you do during plebe summer? What do you do for care packages? And it's literally all the way through uh, commissioning um, and even giving different perspectives because we went to virtual commissioning with our with our second. Yeah. 
in 2020, and I think they'll have a singular distinction for that. And then we went through an in-person commissioning with our oldest. So all of that is in the book. And so a lot of that information that we learned was poured into us by mentors that we uh, met and that we found uh, mostly at our, our at our parents' club because we weren't plugged into Facebook then. Yeah, I, I think that's how your book came about. Mm, yes. It was in the aspect of paying it forward. Yes, yes. Um, I remember you used to put together a uh, like an information packet for parents, and yeah, I remember, PDF. yeah, and one of the parents in the South Florida Parents Club said, you know, this should be a book. And what, what I'm so proud of is that, you know, you poured yourself into the book. It, I think it was a year journey of writing it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. After our oldest uh, commissioned, I was able to kind of sit down and focus on plead summer and plead year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably transitionally for parents the hardest. But then I completed the youngster second class and and then first and commissioning after having gone through it. Um, sure. Still with friends advice and just having added what we had learned um, through the journey. So I highly, highly, highly encourage new parents and even existing parents, reach out to your parents club and uh, find a mentor. Also find a, a battle buddy, mm-hmm. right? So as we went through some difficult things in, in our children's journey and our journey as parents, we had uh, so many uh, people that we could lean on, but we had some specific battle buddies that we could really reach out to and just say, hey, uh, this is what's going on. What do you think? And uh, pray for us or any other thing, just a person that you can lean on when the going gets tough. And you'll find your battle buddy, whether it's uh, through Facebook, because I have several Facebook prayer warrior battle buddies. Through your parents club, I had several, two or three really close friends that I could lean on and they could lean on me. And even randomly, I would wear my name tag on the yard. Like um, the parents club gives you a name tag and the name of the club and your child's name and class year. Each club does it differently, but that's what our club did. And I would wear the name tag or my BGO name tag um, because eventually we did become BGOs and on the yard when we visited. And I can't tell you how many friendships we made just because mm-hmm. the name that people would just ask about the name tag or, oh, you're from Florida or, oh, you have an, a, a 17, you have a 20. So don't be afraid to just reach out and, and kind of step out of your comfort zone and make those friendships because they'll be invaluable. We've even found traveling in, oh, yeah. in airports, like just, you will find your wardrobe just becomes blue and gold. All our kids figured out what schools they wanted to go to. We only had one criteria. It had to be blue and gold. So we didn't have to update our wardrobes. But Yeah, after our first one, definitely. <laughs> but the amount of people we've met at airports, in stores, at restaurants. Wearing a Navy shirt or even the yeah. Navy luggage tag that we oh have my on gosh, our yeah. carry-ons. Literally all over the country. Yes, yes. What, what, what's a culture shock about this is you've become part of this very special community. And it's that, a worldwide community. Yeah, it's a worldwide community. It's very unique. And that... All of a sudden, you're you're immediately welcome. Yes. And yeah, you're you're sitting at the cool kids table in the cafeteria. (laughs) Well, it's it's like today's plebes, a class of 2025 or 24, 23, or our children, they can meet their link in the chain 50 years before. So my dad's a 59 or 60 or 62. There's an immediate connection because Mm -hmm. of that likeness of journey and suffering and pain and growth. So they can all compare notes on plebe summer. They can all compare notes on second class. They can all compare notes on so many things that are just similar and uh, about the journey that they share. And that becomes really a bond. 
across generations. And that's the same thing with parents too, where the, the, the road is so different and at times so difficult that only other parents that have gone through that journey and even from other military academies, because each military academy has its own culture and has its own way of doing things. All Naval Academy parents, regardless of when their children went through, just, you just have this immediate connection. And even in the U.S. Navy, because there are things that there are times when I've just stopped and spoken to mm-hmm. personnel from the U.S. Navy. So you just become part of this incredible network. So I do encourage you to seek out your parents club, to seek out those mentors. I'm always available on Facebook. I have my uh, group, Mid Moms and More group. My, my website, usnamidmomsandmore.org. I'm always available uh, to help and answer questions, but try within your own class as well to develop your own network. And that brings us into IDA. Our mentors did such a fabulous job, and I talk about this in my book, that we walked into IDA and we were actually mentoring other plea parents. Yeah. And I remember actually for our son, we had done one thing and and I talk about it in my book. I'm not going to rehash it here, but for our daughter, we chose to do something different. So we kind of divided and conquered. My husband went to stand behind alumni hall to wait for the pleas to come out. Was that the 915 club? And so you became part of the 915 club and for, and for a long time, you were keeping in touch and you were part of the 915 club. I was on the other side um, by the midshipman store on the stairs waiting for uh, at the time they were, they would ride buses. Now they walk. So I'm not sure now that construction on Hopper Hall is done, whether they're going to continue the walking mm. or they're going to bring back the buses. So that will be kind of interesting. I almost prefer the walking in a way because it gives them a chance to get that nervous energy out. But anyway, that's yeah, but there's thing. something fun about them getting yelled at when they get off the bus too. That's true. But they stopped that yeah, in 2019. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. can't get yelled at. Out until I still remember when he got off the bus and this one, this one detail is yelling, welcome to summer camps. We have arts and crafts planned for you I today. Know, I, know. <laughs> and, I, I miss those days. I'm sure that anyway. So we digress. And so for I-Day, uh, we were uh, pretty, we felt pretty comfortable, pretty mm-hmm. prepared. Our son didn't know what to expect, but at the end of the day, he lived through the day. We endured and lived through the day as well. I was able to hold on to the end of the day and not shed a tear although I wanted to many times, but I had promised that I wouldn't until the doors slam closed. And at the end, after the oath, after you get to see our, our, our plebes and those doors slammed shut, oh my goodness, it was a waterfall. I day is so stressful, but it's kind of a preview of the road ahead because sure. it's going to be really hard emotionally, physically, mentally, it's going to be an unknown, it's going to be scary, but you're going to get through it. So that one day is going to prepare you and let you know that you can get through plebe summer. You can get through those seven weeks of plebe summer and everything has an end. Plebe summer is the same thing. It's a black hole of communication. You don't know. I I can't tell you how many times I thought of texting our, our kids uh, oh yeah, I remember this. Let me tell. Oh, I can't text. They don't have a phone. And of course, I didn't want to text because if for some reason it was on and I didn't want it to ding, and then I don't know, give them extra attention. They don't have their phones anyway. But so it was uh, quite the mind shift of of not knowing, right? Mm-hmm. And then waiting for that for the calls. Yeah, but you know what? In in some ways, I think as hard as sleep summers on the kids, it's hard on the parents. But it's really preparing us for when they go into the fleet. 
That's true. And when they're deployed and when you're not hearing anything for months and no news is good news. Remember we had a conversation with our son regarding social media and parents, oh, you're excited. You post different things. And, and we had a great with our son that we would post nothing on the internet in social without media. Without his approval. Without his approval. He said, if there's anything you need to know, I'll let you know. And apparently over the course of four years, there was very there little. not too much. <laughs> there was and very we, little. We, we, we would ask know. and yeah. then he would tell us, yeah. but he wouldn't necessarily voluntary, voluntarily. I think they're also just too busy. It's yeah. not on their radar to say, oh, I'm going to call mom because this update came out. They're just too busy. So that's a, that's a good point, Jeff, because Iday and, and, and Plead Summer are a preview of what's to come in a sense when they deploy, because when our first was deployed, uh, we wouldn't hear for weeks, oh, gosh, uh, sometimes right. months. And we get a random email after probably 10, 12 weeks. And my first thought was like, oh, there's somewhere in the world near land that they're able to now communicate. And we'd get one or two emails and then it was silent again for yeah. another few weeks. We got a, uh, a call once because there had been something on the news and the commanding officer, I guess, had given permission to uh, call families so as not to worry. And uh, so we literally got a four second call. Mom, stuff was on the news. We're okay. We're okay. Yeah. Gotta go. See you later. And then that's all. And so you learn to cling to this thing that no news is good news. Yeah. And, but it's also what's important too, is that, you know, you hear the term OPSEC. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and, and that, that means I learned operational security. Yeah, security and we rarely knew where he was. And if we ever knew where he was, we didn't know where he was. And yeah. it was all part of the security because you'd be amazed at how many countries that are not necessarily friendly to the United States are scouring social media for any clues as to where our troops are, where our ships are. And the old saying from World War II, loose lips sink ships. Yeah. It's like loose post. Yeah, know. I guess in a way. Yeah. And even when people would ask us and, and even close friends, they would ask us where they were. Oh, they're somewhere in the Southern Hemisphere or yeah, yeah. The, we, we're not sure. And, and so you learn as a parent for the safety of our children and, and for the people they're with to just hold that information close. So operational security, yes, becomes outside becomes very, very important. And something new for parents to to learn and deal with. And then the remaining three years kind of flew by. My day lasted forever. Plebe summer lasted an even longer forever. And then plebe year lasted a longer forever. But then in hindsight, it wasn't quite as long as we felt going through it. And and then the three years, in an instant, they were gone. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. One of the most special memories I have, I think it was during his youngster year, he was a member of the Glee, Glee Club, and the Glee Club performed in South Florida mm. and actually performed at the high school he graduated from Yes, in front of the kids in the very stage where he had graduated high school two years earlier. And at the end of the Glee Club event, they ask any alumnus that are in the audience to come up and they sing Blue and Gold. And probably one of the most special memories I ever saw oh, was, yeah. was Annie's dad being up on stage standing next to our son and her dad trying to keep himself composed because yeah. the power of yeah, grandfather, sure. grandson, and the generations there was, was, was amazing. Yeah, it was. That was really a special moment to be able to share. Aside from that, once you get past plebe year, you have a better handle on things. 
but still, you're still learning. You're still learning as a parent. Uh, you'll find that your relationship as a parent shifts. And I remember the conversation, I talk about this in my book that I had with my son, youngster year, where basically he said, you know, I love seeing you guys, but I want to do stuff with my friends. And Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> and it it kind of brought to mind, okay, he's growing up. He's a man now. He can make his own choices. And I do have a place, or we do have a place in his life as his parents, but that's changing. And 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 there are different priorities now. So that was hard to take, but it was also a wake-up call to really assess our role as parents. Yeah. And and kind of have a mind shift that we're really there now more to support. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way. To put it. Yeah, I remember when he came um, for Christmas break, his plebe year, we were visiting uh, uh, my parents. And he said, okay, what time are we going out in the morning? Oh, and, yeah. I, and I said, nine <laughs> o'clock. So he's okay. So 8.30, he's ready, sitting there. His brother and sister are still sleeping. And nine yeah, o'clock comes around. breakfast in our pajamas. Yeah. And I'm like, so what's going on? He looks at his watch. He goes, civilians. And, yeah. and so he called the civilians. Yeah, he just like, just looked at us. And with such disdain in his face, he just says civilians. And he just turns around and walks away, which actually caused us to hurry up and then get ready. So he came back from his youngster cruise. So his youngster cruise, he was on an aircraft carrier out of Japan. Hmm. And so he got to do some he really to cool things. catch up with the carrier because yeah. it, it was underway. So. Yeah, so he actually got to do a carrier landing, which he said yeah. was like riding the Incredible Hulk at Universal, but in... But backwards But backwards, yeah. yeah. And, and then so, he ended up going, remember, he had to fly to the Philippines, but the carrier was gone. Then they took, then he had to fly into Korea and the, yep. and the carrier was gone. So then he ended up going, they ended up flying into Japan. And I think they were ended up, that's where they ended up flying them out to the ship. And then... Um, I remember we picked him up at the airport in Fort Lauderdale and he wanted to drive and we're like, are you okay driving? And he looked at a straight face and said, I helped park an aircraft carrier. I think I can handle the Ford expedition. <laughs> so it was, it was like, okay, different world, different experience. Yeah. I, yeah. Th those are, those are moments that, that you uh, never forget. And then another favorite memory is uh plea parent weekend for our second midshipman mm -hmm. or plea. And with our first plea, the whole experience was, and I talk about this yeah. again in my book, so read it there because I'm not going to relive it again. Yeah, no. And uh, so our daughter said, all I want is the dogs. Just well, you, <laughs> well, you and dad and Xander and the dogs and that's it. Okay. So we, you know, we rent a house, we bring the dogs, we have a great weekend. She relaxes. I cook to my heart's content. We're just having such a great time. We bring her back and on the, and on the way uh, walking out of gate one, we have the puppies with us and this guy comes running toward us and he's yelling puppies, puppies. And it's, it's one of the football players. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just having a ball. He's hugging the puppies. Puppies are, you know, really happy. And so he asked us, so how is it having your daughter here? So we were just talking and, and our son's roommate plebeer was on the football team. So they, there was like a, oh, yeah. a loose mm -hmm. connection and, and so when he asked, so how do you feel about your daughter being here? He said, well, we feel good that her, her brother, older brother's here. And he said, well, sir, you're wrong. And we're like, what do you mean? He goes, she now has 4,000 brothers and sisters that have her back every day. Yeah. And, and I remember we looked at each other. We're like, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. 
She's where she where, belongs. If, Absolutely. You know, and, and that's that's part of the thing is that each, each experience is is different for each kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and our daughter learned a lot of things from her brother's experience. And she grew up with his roommates being like older brothers for her as well. So when she got to the academy, she had a lot of older brothers that yeah, you know, that, just, were, that were watching out for her. It, they became very invaluable because she had an injury yeah. from a sports practice. And um, so they were there kind of to watch over her for that. And then she had a, a couple of other things she went through. It was good that she kind of had that for her for her plebe year. Yeah. But if she hadn't had that, she would have still developed friendships oh my gosh, that yeah. would have given her uh, some support to get through the things she had to get through. And that's with, with all the, all the plebes and all the mids. Yeah. And, and I think what also helped her in plebe summer is, and, and I, I know you'll be speaking with uh, a graduate of the first class that admitted female midshipmen. Yes. Yes. That, uh, Janie Mines yeah. is my next uh, podcast. Yeah. And, and, and Janie not only was in the first class of, of female midshipman she was the only african-american female in that class so she broke racial and gender boundaries and just by happenstance and shows you how small the world is the company i was working with in florida she was there actually doing some consulting and someone said oh you got to meet someone that was at the academy so forth she became our daughter's pen pal during plebe summer and even presented her with her challenge coin yes to this day oh my gosh and there's a phone call where she doesn't ask how's your daughter doing it is such a special experience. Um, I think it was harder for us to let go, but they've been in safe hands. And yes. it's, it's, so it's been wonderful that way. Yeah. And we were finally able to trust the process. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we were, it took a bit and and sometimes you want to argue. And, and the thing is like plebe summer becomes so hard. Like we made a deal. We would not show up at all during plebe summer. And with our oldest, yes. yeah, with, with our oldest and, and with our youngest, we did, well, with our well, daughter, we, we did too. Well, we had to because remember that we went through like three houses for commissioning. Oh, yeah. So the one house we actually gave up, um, which was fine. And then the second house fell through. And so in July, uh, uh, coming up to first year, yeah. we had no house, no nowhere to stay. So I was up there probably every other week looking at different rentals and things like that so so i want to specify that i wasn't there to spy on our plebe slash firsty children i was there for house hunting <laughs> yeah and, and that's where i think it's this is where as uh, at the time it was admiral miller yes and he said parents it's time to land the helicopters yes and yes, we have yes. your kids and you know what the leadership of the academy never let us down as parents but Fight the temptation, um, you know, like when they wear their summer whites for the first time at the baseball game. Um, kids have gotten fried because their parents have showed up or someone's given them a phone. Um, yeah. When they go to worship on Sundays, don't arrange to meet them in the bathroom downstairs. It's just, it's not worth it. And then you, we put our kids in a position where if one of their senior officers ask them, have you broken any of the rules? They're either have to admit it and they get fried or and they their lie. Whole plea- yeah squad or whatever gets yeah. fried too because it's not just them if yeah. one falls they all fall yeah and and so we, we we held to that and i remember when we got the day before 
plea parent weekend for our eldest, like we just have to be walking. He was coming back from true practice and yeah, we kind of met eyes oh, yeah. and we averted our glances, but there were other people like, um, Oh, his friends. Yeah. His friends are like, well, we could say hi to them, but it's like, you know, we love your family. We love your son and all this. It's like, can they talk to us? It's like, yeah, cause we weren't their parents. And also we see our son turn back with a big smile and just, just kept walking. And it was that quick little moment. We were like, he's okay. And yeah. we're like, we yeah. hope we didn't get anyone in trouble. We hope we didn't get anyone in trouble, yeah, but were, it's they uh, were okay. They were fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the one thing we learned through this process was listen to our myth. Yes. Yeah. Listen to the mid. And also the other thing that I, that was a big lesson for me is, is treat, let, treat them like the adult they are. So before I would post anything, I would check with them. Yep. Um, I remember there've been a couple of times when I've posted something and I immediately got a text and it's like, mm, yeah, no, take it down. And I immediately take it down. Yeah. But, but I had the different thing where one time I posted something without asking oh, and, yeah. and I apologize. They're like, dad, that's okay. No one follows you anyway. <laughs> so I guess that was good, but I still yeah. took it down. Yeah. Yeah. And then with, with our youngest, he chose a different path and that's yeah. okay. He, he got his appointment, but he decided to uh, go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I think, was his number one school outside the academy. outside of the Naval Academy, yeah. and the decision was excruciating. He's going to uh, join his his uh, brother and sister in the fleet, just through a different path. And uh, it's just uh, the amount of of pride that you feel for your children who have this integrity and commitment and dedication and this hard work ethic because they work hard yeah, and they juggle so much. They have to prioritize so much. And, uh, and this is both uh, our NROTC and uh, who's a Mechie and our two midshipmen and just their desire to be a part of something greater and their desire to serve because they do sacrifice a lot. I think it's important to notice is that so many of people you know, and sometimes even family members will say, oh, you're so lucky your, your kid's going to school for free. True. And, yeah. and, and I, I used to, you know, wrestle with that. And, and then finally, I forget one of our mentors said, no, you're, you're just tell them your kid's on the deferred payment plan. Yes. That while your kid is doing whatever they're doing, our kid will be defending our nation for at least five years. So right. it's not free. So like Annie and I have actually, as Bloom Gold officers, we've spoken at senators and congressional reps, service academy at forums. forums. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, it's like, I tend to be the one of the two of us who gives the hard message, like where I talk straight to the kids and I say, look, if you're doing this for any other reason, then you want to serve your nation, find a plan B. Right. Or if you're thinking you're going to get to med school the free way, yeah, yeah, find a different way to get to med it, school. It's deferred payment right? plan. So. I remember for a while there was a T-shirt that said "Not College." Yes, and yeah. it was just saying because it's important to know the academy is not just going to college. There's yes, so, so much, much more. more. And I remember I I would explain to people, well, what's not college mean? And it's in navy colors and it has the N star. And I would explain to them, well, no, this is what it's about. It's a service academy. And then finally, one time I just got asked so many times, so they're like, so you're telling me kids shouldn't go to college? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. It's tough because, you know, I, I remember one time a friend of mine said, oh, it's like your, your, your child's in prison because during the week they can't leave campus, especially your first two years mm -hmm. during the week. And maybe, you know, and sometimes on weekends. And their daughter was going to, I think, Florida State. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was like a Friday night at seven o'clock. 
And they said, well, yeah, so your kid's in a prison and all that. I said, yeah. I said, do me a favor. I go, ask me what my mid is doing now. And they looked at me. I said, no, seriously, what's your mid do now? I go, well, he's studying for a pro-knowledge quiz and he has another test and then it's lights out at 11 o'clock. I go, what's your daughter doing now at FSU? He goes, I don't know. I go, what do you think she's doing? Well, she's probably at a party. Oh, do you know who she's at the party with? He goes, no. I go, you know what time she's coming home? He goes, no. I go, okay then. And I walked away and the look on his face was like, oh, and it's just different. And it's, um, and they'll, and they'll, as they go through, they get more freedom. uh, But there's still certain military guidelines that they're always going to have to follow. The level of maturity, even at just mm-hmm. the end of plebe summer, yeah, in that it's, short distance, it's, it's like such a wow. transformation. It it really is such a transformation. Yeah, and, and just the one thing when when your mid comes home plebe year for Thanksgiving, and you're thinking, finally, their room is going to be perfect. Finally, their bed's going to be made. Finally, their luggage is going to be put away. It's probably going to be worse. Oh, it is. You know why? Yeah, because they don't have to. Exactly. Yeah. And I talk about that in my book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and just respect and I, that. Yeah, it is. And and the other thing too is as you're looking, and this is looking past halfway plebe year, maybe even earlier, but once they get their phones back and you'll learn the phrase company dependent as well, that each company has its own yeah. culture and they have an overarching set of rules that everyone follows, but each company can do things in their own different way. So if your uh, plebes company allows them to keep their phone all the time or what have you, which typically they do, um, they'll be able to check their social media. And so they'll see that their friends are at parties, that they are traveling, that they went to Disney World this weekend, that they're going to the Bahamas the next weekend. And they really start to doubt. It causes doubt um, to their choice because they feel like they're missing out. They feel like their friends are being able to live and having fun. And here they are taking prono quizzes on Fridays and not being able to leave campus and everything's so regimented and structured that it can cause, it can cause doubt. So that's where as parents, we kind of have to circle the wagons mm-hmm. and, and just support them and encourage them through those tough times. Cause it happens, I'd say around two or three times, it'll happen maybe after Thanksgiving, it may happen after Christmas Spring because break. And definitely after spring break, every time plebe year, uh, they come they they come back and they're doubting. And then the other big time when the doubt set in is right before two for seven signs. Yes. So at the end of youngster year through youngster uh, summer, and then before they sign their their two for seven contract. And I've mentored quite a few moms whose um, children were thinking of leaving. And so I did ask uh, my oldest. I said, well. What would, what would you tell someone that's thinking of leaving? And, and his advice was, well, they better make sure that their plan B is better than, than their plan A that they have right now. Yeah. And that their plan B is in place and that they're willing to live with it. And frankly, of the several minutes that I've counseled, the two uh, that I remember the most ended up staying uh, because they ended up staying through the summer, through their summer trainings, and they ended up finding something that they could connect with. Mm-hmm. One of them went to join the parachute team. Um, the other one joined the cycling team. 
So that's another important piece of advice that you can offer to your mid is to plug in, whether it's glee club or whether it's a club like the cycling club or whether it's the parachuting or, or the aviation club or the fencing or if it's just whatever. something, yeah. whatever captures their interest. Maybe it's the masqueraders, the, the, the mids that, that put on the shows, maybe uh, whatever it is, just make sure that you uh, emphasize to them to plug in because that will make all the difference. Yeah. And, and the one thing I have found out too, is that graduating from the Academy, you're part of a very special universe that commands respect. Yes. And isn't there, why didn't you tell them the story about, um, remember Harvard, something with Harvard? Oh yeah. We were actually at a, uh, a function where they had a graduate from West Point and from Navy from like the forties that were, they were some football players, football played, players uh, West Point played against Navy. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, they were, they graduated from the same high school. Yes. Yeah, same, the same high school in Florida. And so then we were sitting at a table with a grad who ended up getting his MBA from Harvard. And then he got out of the Navy. I think he did reserves for a bit. And he went to work for one of the prestigious investment banking firms on Wall Street. And he was sharing a story that he was the only Naval Academy or Service Academy grad in his division. There were dozens of Harvard MBA grads and UPenn grads, Wharton School and all that, which are unbelievable schools. But the uniqueness of being a Naval Academy grad just opened so many doors. And, and I remember when our youngest was making his choice, I was in uh, Savannah on business. Mm -hmm. And just by chance, I was having lunch and I ran into two Navy recruiters. So I, I was just, that yeah, and I was talking to them. And this is when he was agonizing with his choice. And I said to him, I said, can I ask you guys a question? And he said, sure. I said, here's our son's choice. He has an appointment in Naval Academy. And they said, congratulations. I said, thank you. And I said, and he was awarded Navy RTC scholarship what do you think? What it, what's better? And both of them said, well, initially the academy carries more weight, but if you make a career in the Navy, eventually it balances out. Mm -hmm. And he said, out of curiosity, what college did he get his Navy ROTC scholarship to? I said, the University of Notre Dame. And they both looked at me and they go, forget what we just said. <laughs> He's at one of the best Navy ROTC programs in the country. And where you come from matters so much. And the respect that people have for the service academies. Yes. And one yes. of the things that's could be hard for your, your mids to do is when people thank them for their service. Yes, I know. Oh my and, our, our kids hate that. And yeah. people would buy them lunches and, yes. and pay, you know, they'd be at a Starbucks and they go to pay for their coffee and they'd be like, well, somebody took care of it. Mm. And they had a tough time dealing with that. And, and what was the advice you had given them? Well, I suggested that they don't look at it as they're being thanked for their service because the way they were looking at it is like, look, I, I'm, I'm active duty, but I haven't, I'm still in school. I haven't even been out, yeah. you know, doing anything. And I said, well, just take it as a thank you for all those men and women who are. Yeah. And for the uniform, not as you personally, if you don't feel comfortable with that, but be gracious and accept it for the uniform and for the men and women who are out there. And that kind of changed their mindset about it too. Yeah, and it's and and you realized that they were at the right place because it wasn't about them. Yes, it, yeah. it, it was about being part of something bigger mm -hmm. and others before self. Others yes. before self just was so evident in those moments. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'm the first person to buy your book in both yeah. the paperback and, and the, the electronic e version and, and yeah. the ebook.
It's been cool to see on campus people carrying your book or at the time prior to that, the PDF with things highlighted. And Tabby's sticking out of it, and, and which Tabby's is something I would out. totally do. Yeah, so. and, and I think one of your closest friends, she was part of the 915 Club with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, just so to put it in perspective, 915 Club, these were the plebes for that plebe we, summer that had to report at 915 and then get processed till almost like well actually our daughter came out on the second second to last, to last bus. bus yeah we're like so it was like 3 30 in the afternoon yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. so we, we we had a lot of time together and i looked over and i saw she had everything highlighted she goes oh this document's been so valuable to me i said oh i go that's fantastic i go i know the author really i said yeah i'm married to her and it's like all of a sudden i had like celebrity status because <laughs> i was married to the author so, yeah no i don't think so. so that was cool um but it's enjoy this journey it yeah. is amazing. And it goes by quickly. I think something that, that you said earlier is find the battle buddies. Yes. Find the parents club. Find a support group. It's Yes. And enjoy every moment because it does go by much faster than you think. And all agree that enjoying every moment is so important because it goes by so quickly. And also to kind of make a bucket list of things that you want to do mm-hmm. as a parent. So make it to an army and Navy game, make it to a home football game, try to make it to ship selection. If it's open to the public, now that things are starting to open back up again from COVID it's, and I coined this phrase from you, it's like the football draft with, with all the bling, but not the money yeah. because there's a spirit of service. If you're, if your kid is, is, is in a sport, uh, see if you can get it there to one of games or one of their meets. So just make a bucket list for yourself of things that as a parent you'd like to do and and take the opportunity in four years to do that. And also something that we didn't do that now looking back after seven years, we wish we would have done is take advantage of DC. Oh my gosh. It's like literally a 40 minute drive. um, And we started to do that with our second one. Was it her first year? It was her first year and we started going on Sunday mornings to DC. We would get there like at eight or 9 a.m. Parking was a breeze because nobody was there yet. And we were able to really enjoy, and it's a wonderful, dynamic, vibrant, diverse city with great food, great things to see. And it's such a short drive away from from Annapolis. So once you've done everything you can do in Annapolis and surrounding area, definitely enjoy DC. Yeah, it's it, for sure. That's one of the things we missed out on, missed out on. Yeah, for sure. So I hope that uh, some of our perspectives have been, and some of our stories have made you laugh or cry, <laughs> um, or say, "Oh my goodness," and, and that they've been uh, helpful. And uh, as always, we're we're here if you have questions. I do uh, want to direct you to my book, A USNA Mom's Journal. It's available on my website. Uh, so if you go to Shop Navy tab on my website, usnamidmomsandmore.org, it'll direct you to my Etsy shop. Also available on Amazon Kindle as an ebook at the, on the Kindle store. It's also available on Apple Books for those of you who have iPhones. Personally, I have an Android, but that's neither here nor there. So it is available on Apple Books. And uh, it is also available at the Mid Store. Yeah. And I'm so thankful to the Mid Store because the the people there really su- support and believe in 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 the mission of my book. So I think you'll find it helpful. And uh, since then, I've branched out into other things like crafts and jewelry and things like that. And you'll see that on my Etsy shop. But uh, my focus is really my book because that's how I feel that I pay it forward.
I hope to see you for the next one. My next podcast will be with Janie Mines, first Black female graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. And I believe her sister was the second graduate. Her sister Um, graduated as well, yes. Two incredible, courageous women. And following that, a podcast with Carl Smith and then Susan uh, Weisberg after that. Uh, Just go to my website, usnamidmomsandmore.org and I'll have the whole schedule of the podcast there and go to the uh, Shop Navy tab and, and check out my book. And my mission is to pay it forward to empower USNA parents to navigate the journey successfully. So thank you for joining me. And I hope to see you around the yard. Yep. Go Navy. Beat Army. And I'd like to also let you know that about 20% of the proceeds of the net proceeds of every book is returned back to the uh, USNA Chaplains Fund. Yeah. Uh, because the chaplains actually are some of the, the quiet heroes <laughs> at, at the yard. Uh, they do so much for our midshipmen, but they really don't necessarily get the recognition but they are many times the only go-to people that parents can turn to. So that's just a way for me to thank them for everything that they do, what, what we see and what we don't see as parents.